Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make sure you're aware of a few things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks at Hope Church LV, and also be sure to check out our website at hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're going as a church. Once again, thank you so much for checking out this sermon at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Christmas is a season of stories. All over the world and countries and cultures and every corner of the globe, there are stories that surround the season and celebration of Christmas. In America, in our nation here, we have a lot of stories that people associate with the celebration of Christmas. And most of those stories have a main character. And a lot of those stories in our culture have been turned into major motion pictures, into movies. I want to kind of begin tonight by showing you a few characters from some major Christmas stories to see if you can guess the character. And if you can guess the character, see if you can tell me the name of the story. We're going to make it easy to start with, all right? Who knows this one? Who's this? It's the Grinch, right? And what's the story? The Grinch who stole Christmas. Exactly. That's a story that celebrates this, or surrounds the Christmas celebration. Here's another one. You may get this one. Yeah. Who's that? Rudolph the who? The red-nosed reindeer. Exactly. Another one of these Christmas stories. Here's another one that's newer. Yeah. Buddy, right? Buddy from the movie what? Everybody loves to watch that at Christmas. Here's another one that's pretty easy. Frosty the who? The snowman, right? Even saying that, you want to start singing the song, right? It just kind of flows with it. It tells the story. Here's one everybody ought to know. Right, right, right. Who is it? Of course, it's John McClane from Die Hard, right? That beautiful Christmas movie. There's this huge debate in our culture whether Die Hard is really a Christmas movie or not. I had an epiphany yesterday. If Home Alone is a Christmas movie, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Because Home Alone and Die Hard are the same story. Die Hard's just for grown-ups, right? It's the same basic premise. But all of these stories are a lot of fun, and they celebrate the help us. They, they, they come, and they, they, they surround the celebration of Christmas. But, but ultimately, tonight, through video, spoken word, and music, we've been telling you one story. And it is what we believe to be the ultimate story of Christmas. There's only one real story that is the foundation for why we celebrate Christmas, and that story is contained in the pages of Scripture, God's Word, the Bible. I want to read it to you out of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew is one of the Gospel accounts that tells the story of why we celebrate Christmas. It's in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. If you have a Bible, you can open it. If you don't, we're going to put it up here on the screen so you can follow along as I read. This is the Christmas story. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, 
Do not, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And for our sake tonight, I want to focus just on this last verse. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name, say it out loud, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. If I was going to try to summarize for you the story that we just read, the story that's recorded in several gospel accounts, the story that we know to be the foundation of the Christmas celebration, if I was going to try to say it in one sentence, here's the way I would describe it. Christmas celebrates God sending his son into the world so that we can be saved. That's ultimately what Christmas is all about. There's a whole lot that we've added to the celebration of Christmas. There are a lot of other stories that surround the celebration of Christmas, but the meaning of Christmas is really summarized in this single sentence. Christmas is a time we celebrate God sending his son into the world so that we can be saved. But that raises a couple of Very important questions that I want to ask and answer in the few moments that I have with you tonight, and then we'll bring our service to a conclusion. Here's the first question. Why do I need to be saved? I mean, especially in a gathering like this, right? I mean, Christmas us is one of the best versions of us, right? I mean, if you get us at Christmas, man, we're at church, we're living generously, we've got our our best on, I mean, we're presenting well, we're hanging out with family, even sometimes when we don't want to be, right? I mean, this is the best version of me. Why do I need to be saved? It's a great question. I want to give you the answer in three simple statements. Here's the first one. And I made these very personal because they're just as true of me as they are of you. Here's the first one. I am broken. We live in a world of brokenness. During the holiday celebration, we do a great job of trying to cover it up. We cover it up with parties and songs and celebration and gift wrap. But at the end of the day, the world around us is broken. We see relational brokenness, financial brokenness, moral, spiritual, mental brokenness. We see broken marriages, broken dreams, broken lives, broken relationships. The list goes on and on and on. If you were going to be honest tonight, like I'm trying to be honest tonight, if you were to look at your life, you would admit that there's a lot about your life that is broken. It's the world that we live in. But here's what I want you to know tonight. That was not God's design. When God created the world, when God created human beings as the crowning moment of his creation, God created a world that was perfect. And God placed the first two human beings in that world, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were given by God's grace a relationship with himself. And Adam and Eve were to enjoy relationships with other people out of the overflow of their love relationship with God. And they were to enjoy the creation that God 
had made. But here's what the Bible tells us. Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis chose, Adam and Eve chose to reject God's divine design. Adam and Eve decided that they wanted to do it their way rather than God's way. The Bible word for that is sin. And what the Bible teaches us is when sin entered into the picture, when sin came into the world, sin brought with it incredible brokenness. And since Adam and Eve's choice to deviate from God's divine design and God's divine standard, since Adam and Eve chose to do it their own way, brokenness has been a reality in the world that we live in. It's why as we sit here tonight, if we all had a moment to share our own story, every one of us could reveal that there is an enormous amount of brokenness in our lives. You say, well, that's great, but that's Adam and Eve. What does that have to do with me? Well, let me show you what it has to do with you and I. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, look what the Bible says. It says for, say that word out loud. You know what that means? That's way bigger than Adam and Eve. That's all of us. For all have sinned. Now, you need to understand this is past tense. So what the writer here is doing is he's looking back on all of our lives and acknowledging if we're all going to be honest, it's not just Adam and Eve. Every one of us have rejected God's divine design. Every one of us have had those moments in our life when we said, you're not God. I'm going to be God. You don't know best. I know best. Your way's not right. My way is right. And we've all, as we look back, if we're going to be honest, chosen to do it our own way and reject God's divine design. But it's not just in our past. He says all have sinned and fall short. That's present tense, meaning if we just looked at the past and we decided from this day forward, I'm going to be different. But what the writer of scripture here says is the reality is as we continue to live our lives, there's still those moments when we choose to reject God's way and choose to do it our way. And here's what the Bible says, because of that sin, we live in a world that's broken. Now, I'm not saying that everything in our lives that's broken is a direct result of our own sin. Some of the consequences in our life, some of the brokenness is a direct result of our own choices. But here's what I am saying, ultimately, all of the brokenness is ultimately the consequence of sin. It may not be our direct sin, but all brokenness is the consequence of rejecting God's design. And here's here's the second reason why we need to be saved. Because my brokenness keeps me from God. You see, the only hope to get out of the brokenness is to be restored into relationship with God. God is the one who created us. God made us, and he made us to live in relationship with himself. And you and I will never know wholeness apart from a relationship with God. Here's the bottom line. God is the master at taking the broken pieces of our lives and building a beautiful picture. But... The tragedy is that because we've sinned against God, we're cut off from a relationship with God. Let me show it to you in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 59. Listen to what it says. 
It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. You see, God is holy. And because God is holy and because we've rejected his design, now we're unholy. God will not be in fellowship with sin. So so that leads us to the third reason. Because when we understand this, we, we try to fix it, right? But here's the third reason why we need to be saved. I can't fix my brokenness. And listen, as human beings, we've tried, right? We've tried religion, trying to earn our way back into favor with God by doing spiritual or religious things. Let's just be honest. That's the reason some people come to church at Christmas. They're hoping to give a nod to God for the year to atone for the the, the way that they've lived and rejected God's design for the year. We've tried religion, but listen, religion doesn't fix our brokenness. We've tried morality, trying to be good people. We've tried good works, doing good things, and yet none of those things can fix the brokenness that exists in our life. You see, most people think life is like a mountain. God is at the top of the mountain. And most people, not all people, but most people would acknowledge that life would be best lived if I could be restored into right relationship with God. And so we view life like a mountain. God's at the top and all of us are at the bottom and we're each trying to work our way up the mountain. We're choosing our path. For some, it's religion. For some, it's morality. For some, it's good works. For some, it's philanthropy. But a lot of it, but we all are trying to get to the top. But here's what the Bible says. Because of our sin, we cannot get to God on our own. But here's the good news of Christmas. Listen, when we could not get up the mountain to him, God chose to come down the mountain to get us. Christmas is the story that God in his sovereignty chose to become a man. He loved us so much that he didn't want to leave us in our brokenness. God became a man, was born into this world, and he did what you and I couldn't do. That's why the gospel writer said in Matthew chapter 1, look at it again here, she will bear a son and you shall call his name. What did we say? Jesus. But notice this. He said, you, he's talking to Joseph here. Joseph, you name him Jesus. We didn't read it, but two verses later in verse 23, listen what the, the writer of the gospel said. You call him Jesus, but let me tell you what they're going to call him. They're going to call him Emmanuel. Jesus means Yeshua, one who comes to save. Emmanuel means God with us. He said, you call him Jesus, but I'm just telling you, when they get to know him, let me tell you what they're going to call him. They're going to call him Emmanuel because he's God with us. Christmas is the story that God literally became a man and lived on this earth so that he could save us. Well, how did he save us? Romans chapter 5 tells us, look at verse number 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet broken, while we were yet cut off from God, Christ died for us. 
You see, because of my sin, I earn separation from God. Because of my sin, I deserve to die and spend eternity separated from God. But God loved me so much, he chose to do something that I could not do. God came into the world as the, in the person of Jesus. He lived a perfect life. Jesus is the only person who ever lived a perfect life. And he did it because he was God in the flesh. And then Jesus took that perfect body. And on a cross, he offered his body as the substitute for you and me. What does the death of Jesus have to do with me? It has everything to do with you. He died in your place and he died in my place. He took the full blow of the judgment of God against sin on himself and he died. But I've got great news. He did not stay dead. He rose again from the dead as a testimony that his sacrifice had been sufficient for our sins so that now through him, you and I could be saved. We could be rescued. Well, that leads to the last question. What do I need to do to be saved? It's really simple. Listen to what Paul said. Romans chapter 10. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It involves turning from my sin, turning from my way, and receiving and trusting in Jesus as the only way for me to be made right with God. It's simple. It's by faith. By faith. That's the whole message of the Bible. That God loved you so much, He didn't leave you in your brokenness. He made a provision through His Son so that you could... Listen, you can try all day long to earn your way back in. You'll never get there. But God in His grace has made it possible for you to be made right with Him through the provision of His Son, Jesus. You say, man, that sounds too easy. Listen, it's easy for us because he's already done all the work. That's why the Bible calls it grace. Listen to what Charles Trumbull said about grace. Look at this on the screen. Trumbull said, grace is not partly man's work and partly God's work. It's wholly and exclusively God's accomplishment. All man can do is receive. It is God's outright, undeserved, and wholly sufficient gift, which is exactly what he must actively use his will to do. What do you need to do to be saved? Receive by faith God's gift of salvation, turning from your sin, trusting in Jesus. And here's the promise. You will be made right with God. You'll be saved. You'll be rescued. So the, the question is, have you ever been saved? It happened for me in September of 1989. I was a freshman in college at the University of North Alabama. My life was broken. And I heard the message that I've shared with you tonight, the message of Jesus. 
that Jesus loved me and that Jesus wanted to forgive me and that Jesus wanted to give me abundant life. He wanted to take the broken pieces of my life and build it back into a beautiful picture for his glory. Now listen, don't misunderstand me. I came to know Christ in 1989. I'm not saying tonight I'm perfect. I'm not. I'm far from that. But listen, I may not yet be all the man that I'm supposed to be, but I thank God I'm not the man I used to be because God in his grace has been redeeming and restoring that which I lost because of sin. And here's my promise to you. He will do the same for you. He'll do the same for you. Let's bow our heads together tonight. All over the building tonight, I'm going to ask you to just bow your head and close your eyes. You say, why are you doing that? Here's why. I want to give you a moment with no distraction. I want it to really be, if we can, for just a moment, as if it's just you and me and God in this conversation. And here's the question. Have you ever turned from your sin and received God's gift of salvation? I'm not asking if you're a good person. I'm not asking if you tried to... to, to, to be religious. I'm not asking if you've been baptized. I'm asking, have you ever turned from your sin and embraced Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life? If not, what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity right now to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. We've already had a lot of people have already done this over the last couple of days. If you're here tonight and you've never called on Jesus, but you're ready to say, you know what? I'm tired of the brokenness. I want Christ. I want Jesus to be the God of my life. I want you to just pray this in your heart after me. And that's not the words of a prayer that brings salvation. It's faith in Jesus. Prayer is one of the ways we can put our faith in him. So as I pray these words, if it's the desire of your heart, you just pray it there in your own heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm broken. And I know that the brokenness in my life is because of sin. I've tried to do it my way. I turn from that. I know that you love me. I know that you died for me. I know that you rose again for me. And I believe in you, Jesus. I don't understand it all, but I believe in you as the God of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now listen, with nobody right now but me looking around, nobody but me is looking around. If you just prayed with me for the very first time to ask Jesus into your life, again, I'm the only one looking right now, so you don't have to be embarrassed. I'm not going to call you out. But if you just prayed with me for the very first time, I want to pray for you. And I want to know that you've done that. So I'm going to ask you to do something just with nobody looking but me. Just If you just prayed with me for the first time in your life, just put your hand up and then just put it back down. Just put it up and put it back down. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Somebody else. God bless you. Somebody else. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else tonight for the very first time you've prayed with me and given your life to Christ? All right. And in just a moment, I'm going to do what I said. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you. 
But before I do that, I want to have a moment of a conversation just with us, all right? If you're here and you're already a Christian, here's what I want you to do right now. You just be praying for people that have just prayed to receive Christ. That's what I want you to do. You just pray for them. Pray for God to give them assurance. Pray for God to flood their soul. Pray for God to give them peace. But if you just prayed with me tonight for the very first time, again, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want us to just have a moment here. I want you to just look at me. Just look at me all over the building. Just look at me. If you just prayed, you just, just look at me. I'm going to make eye contact with you. You just keep looking at me. You just keep looking at me. That's all right. Just look at me. Listen, tonight, before you leave, before I pray for you, you need to know you didn't just make a decision. You just began a new relationship. You just began a new journey that's going to carry you through the rest of your life. And as a family of faith, we want to walk with you. You're not alone in this. So so two things. We want to know what you've done. And secondly, we want to give you something to help you take some next steps. All right? So first of all, we want to know. If you're here and you prayed with me to receive Christ tonight, there are two ways you can let us know. First of all, if you want to send us a text... You can text to 94090 the words Jesus follower. You can see it. If you're looking at me, you can see it up there on the screen, 94090. Just text Jesus follower. It'll send you a link for some information so that we can have, a, un, un, have, a, have the knowledge of what you've done. We want to walk with you. Or if you don't have the ability to send that text in the seat pocket in front of you, there's a a card, a response card, where you can fill out the same information there. And in both of those, either the text response or on the card, there's a box where you can say, today I began a relationship with Jesus. And if that's what you did today, we want to know that. And then secondly, we want to give you something. So you're still looking at me if you prayed to receive Christ tonight. Tonight when you leave out of the courtyard, there's a welcome center. And every first-time guest is going to get one of these green gifts that you see right here. We're going to give everybody that's a guest one of these tonight. But there's a second gift. It's wrapped in the red packaging. The second gift is for you. It's for you as a brand-new follower of Jesus. This is filled with resources to help you begin to walk on your new journey with Christ. If you'll simply stop by that Welcome Center, we want to give you this gift, and we want to walk with you in your new relationship with Christ. Let me pray for those tonight. Father, thank you for every one of these that have given their life to Jesus tonight. Lord, we celebrate it. We give you glory. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in response to the gospel. We thank you for the simplicity of the gospel and the power of the gospel. And I pray for these new believers that they would, Lord, tonight be encouraged in their walk with Jesus, that they would be at peace in their soul knowing that they've been made right with God. Lord, thank you for them tonight. Thank you for them. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.